Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Majority of the time, and I don't have a specific percentage, so don't freak out on me saying, can you tell me exactly how often this happens? I don't know that anybody's ever researched this, or if they did, how they would even structure that research to be accurate. But I can tell you that we have heard about it so many times, seen it, witnessed it so many, many times, that if you sneak around, if you snoop, if you're doing things that the other person doesn't know that you're doing, and finally, finally, you confront them with, well, I sneaked in here and I found out that, and then you accuse them. I sneaked over there and found out that, and then you accuse them. Their response is not going to be, oh, I'm sorry, I need to straighten up. In all likelihood, the response is going to be, how dare you violate my privacy? Now, I'm going to go back to the again, and here's what I'm going to say. If indeed, if indeed you found it because the whole world can see it, then you can deal with it one way. If indeed you found it because you had to sneak around to find it, you better deal with it a totally different way. As a matter of fact, I'm not so sure if you should confront him with it or not for fear of how he's going to react. Now, let's go back to this. You say, okay, what if I found it, Dr. Beam, in the way where it's just there? I can see it. Anybody can see it. He's unblocked his exits. Why would he do it? Again, I can't tell you why, but I can tell you some what. He now no longer cares that you're going to be upset about that. And for whatever reason, and the reason could be multiple reasons, for whatever reason, he's making it where these people can either see what he's doing because he wants them to know that they can see on his Facebook page his activities and things, or, or the potentiality exists that he wants to recreate contact with them. Now, we do not know that for sure. Well, yes, in some sense we do, because by unblocking them, that is a recontact. But it does not necessarily mean he's going to be communicating with each one of them individually, although that's a possibility. So is there anything good about this? The answer is no. There's nothing good about it at all. What he's doing is painful to you. What he's doing, he should not be doing. Now, if you wish to confront it, for example, if the whole world can see it and you wish to confront it, I would recommend strongly, heartily, that you do not confront it by attacking him. What are you doing? You know that hurts me. You did that anyway. How dare you? Don't you care about me? Because when you attack people, almost always what they do is defend themselves. That's what they do. And so it's a whole lot better if you intend to actually confront it, that you confront it in terms of what you feel. Now, he still might become defensive. He still may become angry. He still may even be mean about it. But it reduces the likelihood that he will when you approach it from I. And let me give you an example. In this particular case, what you would do is this. You would approach him and say, I saw on your Facebook that you've unblocked your exes. Now, again, if you're proud to do that, it's going to go a different way in all likelihood. But I saw that you did that, and I need to tell you how I feel. I hurt. I'm in pain. And, and I wish that you would not do those kinds of things because it causes me so much pain. Can you help me understand why? Now, at this point, if he decides to tell you why, are you sure you're going to be able to handle the answer? Because he may say, well, I'm done with you, and I want to reopen all my possibilities out there. He may say that. Or he may say, well, I thought you were being too controlling and dominating, and I thought it wasn't fair that you were doing that to me, and therefore I'm rebelling against the way that you control me. He may say that. You understand there could be a thousand different reasons here. And if you are going to talk to him about it, you've got to be able to cope with whatever he says. Now, if he were in that second case to attack you, to say, I'm doing this because you've been too controlling, you've been too dominating, and I don't want anything to do with that anymore. And I'm showing you that I can I have my own freedom. I can do what I want to do. If you decide to defend yourself, you're going to be in an argument. And my prediction is that argument is not going to accomplish anything worthwhile. And so if you were to say that one, here's our recommendation. What you say is this. Help me understand how this feels controlling to you. And, and help me the things that I do that you react to that way. Now, if you do that, if you continue this conversation trying to get him to open up and share with you, I would strongly suggest that you do not in any way defend yourself and you do not in any way attack him like, well, sure, I've got to control you. I mean, you're out doing things like this. Somebody needs to know what you're doing. Don't do that unless 
unless you're ready for a divorce. And so we suggest to people, if you want to snoop and pry, be ready for a divorce. If you want to attack the other person and get your licks in, be ready for a divorce. No, I'm not saying it will always lead to a divorce. What I'm saying is exacerbating the possibilities. It's increasing the likelihood that it's going to go badly. It's when you can be strong, when you can be calm, when you can be in control of yourself, that you have the best likelihood of getting the other person to open up. And in a conversation such as I was describing, if he were to do that, if he would open up and talk about you're controlling, or at least I feel you're controlling, and you say, help me understand how, help me understand why. Anytime he says something that you see, well, it rings true, you can say, I can see that. I, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm sorry. If it doesn't ring true, say, okay, I hear what you say. I'll understand. I'm understanding that. I may want to ask more questions about it later, but I'm trying my best to comprehend what you're saying here. If you can do that, if you can be that strong, then you can wind up having a decent conversation. Actually, a self-revelatory conversation is possible. And if that happens, that sets up the likelihood of having more self-revelatory conversations later. Well, I know that you're hurt. I know that you're angry. But you either can make this worse or you can potentially make it better. Not guaranteeing that it will, but content, uh, potentially make it better by following the suggestions that I just gave. And I'm going to go back to Kimberly and say, What's happening out there in the ether world? You know, <laughs> I may have broken in the process, but I fixed it. You fixed it. You broke it. Yes, it is. Everything <laughs> is all is all good. It's all good. And in the process, I got control of the mouse. So yeah, and, and so now it's Kimberly handling all now this, it's not me. me. <laughs> okay, if we still have anybody with us. I'm yeah. so sorry for the pain that we caused you with that. It caused me more pain than it did you. I'll guarantee it hurts me more than it hurts you when we have these glitches. Stuff like this happens. Yeah. But we're back on. If you have a question, a lot of our callers are already back in. Kathy's rescreening them. So we are, we are on the process. But the number to call is 6383-0812 and press the number one. You'll be put right into that queue and we'll get to as many as we can in today's show. So, Joe, let's mm-hmm. start with... Kevin from Texas, who asks a question about, it looks like, smart contacts. Kevin, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Uh, Well, we're so happy to hear you because it means we can now make things work. So, hi, Kevin. What can we do for you today, my friend? Uh, Yes. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for taking my call. Um, uh, I'm currently uh, been separated for almost a year. And uh, I've been working on my pies. Uh, I'm currently taking the uh, Save My Marriage course. Uh, and I, you know, I've gone a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel a lot more calm and collective and at peace. And uh, right Good. now in my current situation, um, <clears throat> my wife has uh, currently filed for divorce um, mm-hmm. not too long ago. And uh, mm-hmm. right now, as far as the smart contact, my question is, um, as far as managing business, um, at some point we were, you know, talking and managing business as far as me getting the mail, um, looking to work on our taxes. But once she initiated the divorce, um, I pretty much have not heard from her. Uh, And uh, so I am a little worried, but, you know, um, I just don't know. I'm kind of stuck in managing the business part and the smart contact. Uh, I don't want to do any push behaviors. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, texting or hovering her, but I'm kind of, you know, uh, I mean, I am keeping myself occupied. It's just mm-hmm. I felt like I may have done something wrong, or so I'm kind of stuck there as far as that part in the smart contact is managing business. Mm-hmm. And when did you say she she filed for divorce? Uh, uh, about uh, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. So it's only been a week since you've heard from her. Uh, yes. And uh, the thing is, and, and you know, uh, I mean, I mean, just through business also, I mean, we, we occasionally just, you know, uh, through texting, of course, that's the only form of communication that we have through texting. I try to initiate conversations through the phone, but that's not happening, and I don't want to be pushy about it. So uh, mm-hmm. every few days I'll give her a call uh, to initiate business, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, we were supposed to do our taxes, but... Um, you know, that didn't happen, and then they just went to divorce. So, I mean, I'm just kind if of I may ask, If I may ask, why does she want out of the marriage? What's her reason? Um, okay, well, the marriage pretty much, it's been, uh, um, and I take 
you know, uh, I know it takes two, but on, on on my end, you know, pretty much the marriage has pretty much come down to uh, having children. Um, it's been a sexless marriage for about four to five years. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. Would she also that, feel but... that there's a, would you also, would she also feel there was a lack of intimacy, not just sex, but in, intimacy, this just openness contact between the two of you where you emotionally connect with each other. Would she say that? Yeah. If I were to ask her? Uh, no. No, there was no, there's, uh, she would, honestly, she probably answered that there's no intimacy or no emotional connection. Uh, which okay, is, that's what I was asking. You know, um, so she's felt for some period of time there's no emotional connection. It's wound up being no sexual connection. As far as you know, is there something else out there that she's seeking? Something, someone or something that she's after? Um, just starting a family. That's that's pretty much from what I can see. And then she um, wants to have kids and you didn't. Uh I my actions my actions showed that I didn't but my words uh said that I did mm-hmm. but you know So she I, felt you know she felt that, that you did not want children. That's what if we were to ask her she would say my husband did not want children. Is that correct? Yes, they, yes, that's correct. Okay, so she's out there thinking I'm going to find somebody else and do you know if she has? No, no, she's very loyal. She's, okay. You know, she's very, okay. So you she's know. out there thinking, I'm going to find somebody else and we're going to have children and I'm going to get to fulfill this need or desire that I have, this, this matriarchy thing. Okay. So if that's the case, then understand that there's no magic words that can make her contact you. There's no magic words that can make her talk to you. I mean, well, let me take that back. There are, but it's not good. What I'm saying is if you just really tick her off, I mean, if you say something mean or vicious to her or something that cuts to her quick, then you'll, she'll communicate with you, but it's not going to be good. It's going to be bad. There is no magic word or word or phrase or action that can make the other person be in contact with you. And Kimberly's our expert on smart contact. Now he's doing the thing where they're maintaining or managing business, but she really is in control of the situation as to what happens next, right? I mean, yes, yes, but in the scheme of things, it's been a week. So they've well, been. Well, but she's moved out longer than that. Oh, she's been gone year. for a while. Mm-hmm. A year. Right. So this whole thing has been a year, but since last heard from her, it's been a week. And we don't know why, right? I mean, I don't know why. So in terms of that, I would say maybe just give a little bit more breathing room. It might feel more urgent from you because you're putting all the what might be going on. You're trying to connect dots or you don't have answers. And so you could be making it more of an urgency in your mind than it maybe is. Taxes are still going to be coming due. I mean, regardless, you're still going to be reaching out to her in the next month and a half to get W-2s or for her to get your W-2s or whatever that looks like. And so there's still going to be opportunity. So I would say for now, because it could be she filed for the divorce, maybe she's expecting for him to call angry. I mean, there might be something that she's waiting to happen. And so she hasn't initiated because of that. In this area, you want to reach out when it makes sense, manage those business items. But the other part of that M in smart contact is you want to manage your expectations. So begin to prepare yourself for the next conversation. There's going to be one at some point. She has filed for divorce. There's going to be conversation perhaps back and forth, even if it's through a lawyer or a mediator or something, there's going to be some kind of communication. So what I would encourage you to do at this point, Kevin, is to prepare for that. How are you going to take the the unknowns that you have right now, the angst, the anxiety that you have, the fear that you have, and how are you going to be the best version of you that you can be in the next conversation that you're going to have with her? There will be one. It just might not be tomorrow. And it may not be to the level that you want it to be. Right. So go slow, take mm-hmm. it easy. And if ever, and, and notice I'm saying if ever, you wind up having this conversation that's kind of in-depth, then understand that one thing you want to say to her is, help me understand the frustrations you have had with Mm -hmm. me about the children. Because if that's the big thing, Mm -hmm. and let's just talk about that for a second. When a person has certain expectations for life, Mm -hmm. Gottman calls them dreams in his research. And it's like, this is part of my dream. It's what people grow up expecting life to be. Mm -hmm. And when the other person is not participatory in that dream, as a matter of fact, even appears to be against that dream, it will pull people apart. 
Right. Now, if you're so to engage couples or single people, we'd say, wow, one of the things you really need to talk about before you ever get serious with each other, and particularly before you marry each other, is what are your expectations, what life's going to be like. Mm-hmm. But I'll, in this one, it surely sounds like one of her dreams was to have kids. And while he said, I said the things that made it sound good, but, mm-hmm. but he was not doing the things. And so she finally it based on what he said, mm-hmm. determined, this is not going to happen. You're not going to fulfill my dream. And you might be thinking out there, well, why doesn't the person love me enough that I become more important in that dream? You must understand that the dreams we're talking about now, these expectations developed in childhood, they've had this a lot longer than they've known you. They've had this a lot longer. And most people marry the other person thinking that the other person is going to help them fulfill their dreams. Mm-hmm. And when they finally find out, no, that's not going to happen then it leads to major, major conflict. And so one thing I would recommend if you're not married, I would recommend that if you get serious with somebody, you need to have conversations about what do you expect life to be like? What do you expect marriage to be like? And if you are married and having trouble, when it's safe, in other words, when it's not going to be a push conversation, it's not going to be the person's like, oh, where did that come from? When you're actually communicating with each other, mm-hmm. you probably need to ask, help me understand what you thought life was going to be like. Help me understand what you thought marriage was going to be like. And you share your thoughts as well. And then you find a way to support each other's dreams because government's research pretty much indicates this. If the person becomes convinced that you won't, he calls it an unsolvable problem. Hmm. And if that problem is going to be unsolvable, X number of people are going to go look for it. Some other person, they'll fulfill them. Or some right? other solution of some kind. Mm-hmm. Very good point. The next one we will go to, our next caller is Aaron from Missouri. Aaron, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how can we help you today, Aaron? Hi. Right, so my wife's been having an affair for roughly 10 months, about a year. Um, and she hasn't filed for divorce yet, um, and I've been doing the smart contact and the and the pies, but it seems like she's kind of, I don't know, called like the valley, or she's like she's in a steady, like the best of both worlds, and I was wondering if there's anything I can do to shake it up, or if this is where I just need to be patient, keep up with the smart contact and the pies. You definitely can shake it up. The question <laughs> is, do you want the consequences of what happens if you shake it up? Mama? Mama? Well, what would... So what would she, I mean? Okay, so for example, way I, <laughs> I think we have company there. No, it's Scott. We love children. You love children. Understand this: Is there something where that you can all of a sudden pull her out of the valley and toward you? Those things are pretty unusual. And typically, they're not something you can plan or strategize. If it happens, it's something that just happens on its own. Mm-hmm. For example, remember this, I won't use their names, but this particular couple that, that he was off in that valley and, and actually leaning toward the other woman, and then she got sick. Mm-hmm. And she went up in the hospital with a disease that didn't know what it was, and mm-hmm. boom, he was right there by her side, and it pulled him out of the valley. Right. But we don't recommend you try to get sick to pull people out of the valley. In other words, when, when it happens... That rapidly, almost always, is some circumstance of life that occurs that makes the other person realize, what the heck am I doing? What do I really want? But strategizing that, planning that becomes almost impossible. Now, you can set borders. That's what some people call them, boundaries. We call them stops. And stops are safeguards that offer protection. And if you were to set a stop, like this can't happen, and if it were to happen, this is going to be what occurs next, then understand that while that might move her away from the other guy to some degree because she does not want the negative consequence if she violates the stop, it also at the same time has the possibility of increasing her uh, negative feelings toward you. Like, you know, you're now controlling me, you're dominating me. I wish there were some magic positive things that would just pull them toward you. The closest we can give you to magic are the pies. That the more you work on yourself, becoming the best you that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, then the greater the likelihood that the other person will move back toward you. And so we recommend, now obviously it's your decision, but we recommend this, if If you can bear with it for a while, and if there is some progress being made toward you, then sometimes there is value if you can handle it, if you can handle it, of letting the other person live in the valley for a while. We don't recommend it if they're getting closer and closer to the other person and further and further from you. In that case, I let them remain in the valley. But if some progress is being made back toward you, then sometimes letting it happen for a while actually has value to you, if 
you can do it. Mm-hmm. And people often ask me, okay, Dr. Beam, when, when should I finally pull the plug? How can I know that it's time not to do this? Well, we go back to the past, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. If it's doing damage, now understand, not just if it hurts, because I know it hurts, but if it's doing damage to you physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, like, for example, your health is beginning to fail, your immune system is beginning to be compromised because of all the stress. Intellectually, you find it difficult to keep your mind on what you're doing. You find it difficult to maintain your job and start getting into trouble there. Or, or if you're self-employed, you start losing income because you're not focused. Emotionally, you're having um, distress. You're having um, depression. You're having anxiety attacks, those kinds of things. And it's doing damage to you. It's actually hurting you. Spiritually, you find yourself abandoning or at least not following any longer as you did before your belief and value system. And that's doing damage to you. Then we'd say, well, it's probably time in any of those areas. It doesn't have to be all four. It's probably time to pull the plug. And here, how do you pull the plug? That's when you set a very strong stop. Here's the safeguard that offers protection. If you see him again, now remember if you do a stop and I don't have time to explain this in detail here, make sure your responses are tiered. In other words, if you do this, Here's what happens the first time. Then if we get back together and you do it again, here's a bigger consequence. And then if if we get back together and you do it again, this is the major, major consequence. If you go to Blog Talk Radio, I think it's there. It's on MarriageHelper.com. I'm sorry. I always forget (laughs) where it is. It's on MarriageHelper.com. If you go there and look for the definitive guide to boundaries, we had had not started calling them stops back then. It can give you step-by-step-by-step how to do this. And if it's doing damage to you, now, Mm -hmm. not just to you but damage to your children Mm -hmm. physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. And that's not necessarily just kids at home. This can be grown kids that wind up having these negative effects. Or if it's doing damage to her physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, then sometimes you have to make that final big stop. And either then they straighten up or they'll actually leave you. Now, it doesn't mean they leave you forever necessarily. They may. They may say, I'm not going to live by that stop. I'm going to go be with the other person. That does not necessarily mean they're going to wind up with the other person. It may mean that they still at some point start coming back toward you. But we recommend you make those kind of stops if it's doing damage to you, your children, or that person, meaning your spouse. Then that's when you do that. And so this is why we call it, Kimberly, move an art and a science. Absolutely. It's, it's not like we can say when this definitive things occur, this mm-hmm. definitive thing occurs, it's a matter of can, can you look at it? And sometimes you just have to use your own judgment. If you're a religious person, pray. Mm-hmm. Here's the one thing we recommend you be careful about. Having people tell you what to do that have bias, mm-hmm. meaning your family, your friends, the advice they give is almost always bad, not because they're right. bad people, not even because of the fact that they're not wise, but because of the fact that they care so much about you that that affects the bias. So mm-hmm. an objective third party here can be an advantage. Now, one last thing about that, that does not necessarily mean a counselor. Unfortunately, no. Can you explain that to them? Oh, absolutely. In so many cases, not only that we've heard, but even from relationships that that I have had with counselors I've known, so many counselors just don't know how to handle these situations because of many reasons, but some of which just kind of boils down to they, they have not seen marriages work out in situations that are this difficult. And it's so much easier to say, do what makes you happy, do what's going to be easier for you, do what in that way. And so that's what they recommend because they don't know how to walk with you through it any other way. That would, That's one of the things that sets us apart here at Marriage Helper is that we have worked with so many thousands of couples where it seemed like an impossible situation, situation where counselors did tell them to give up. And we, of course, ended up seeing those marriages saved and ultimately restored. So we recommend that you find someone who's going to work with you with the ultimate goal of making the marriage work and saving the marriage and not someone who's just going to tell you what's easier to hear, which is do what makes you happy. Yeah, a couple of months ago, somebody said to me, you guys are obviously anti-marriage counselors, and we really aren't. No. We are 100% behind and refer people to marriage counselors that are really good at what they we're do. We're anti-bad marriage counselors. That's what we're against. Very anti. <laughs> or, any, or any kind of bad counselor, marriage or otherwise. That's right. Uh, but the ones that are awesome are doubly awesome. They're worth right. their weight in gold, and those people are good. Mm-hmm. So I wish we had a magic answer or something you could do that would just snap her out of it and bring her back to you. If we discover that, 
You'll know that because we'll be driving brand new Lamborghinis. What I mean by that is that people would pay a fortune for that. Now, we are a nonprofit. Don't worry. I'm not trying to get a Lamborghini out of you. I'm just saying that's how much people would pay for that if it existed. It does not exist. You understand? And, and we don't have Lamborghinis. I'm actually dropping my mother's old Cadillac that I inherited. I think it's a 1920. Oh, Before the Model T. Well, the next caller that we have is Jesse, but I don't think it's our Jesse. He's in the Caribbean. He should have taken us with him on his cruise. But our caller that we have is Jesse from France, another very exciting place. Jesse, can you hear us? Hi, Kimberly. Yes, I can. Great. Which part of France are you in? I am in a beautiful part of France, actually. I'm very lucky. I'm I'm in um I'm in the French Alps in the mountains. Mm. Oh, yeah. wow. But you yeah, are not very nice. French. Yeah. I'm I'm not. I'm French. actually originally American. I'm originally American. Yeah. My accent's probably messed up now because I've lived overseas so long. <laughs> um, listen, thank you, thank you both very much for the work that you do and. Um, I just, first of all, want to say thank you because I've, I've been following your videos. I've joined the course recently and I'm also working with a coach. So I'm certainly awesome. doing my best to try to repair my marriage. Um, basically, uh, my question is, is twofold. So, um, without getting into too much detail, just to be brief in the interest of respecting your time and, and the other callers, um, my wife and I have had, sadly, quite a bit of trauma and abuse, and so we're informally separated at the moment. There is still love there, at least on my side. I think there's love from her, but she's kind of got a block up at the moment. She's built a huge wall, understandably, as as Dr. Joe talks about. Um, and um, and so, you know, I'm I'm trying to just get her to gently remove bricks from the wall, but we've had a lot of challenges with that. And so right now I'm in France. She's in England informally separated we've got a two-year-old daughter my question is this um mm. i've had a challenging chronic illness the last 10 years um and mm. the, the question is how do you deal with trauma and abuse are there tips for that in the course maybe i haven't come across that part yet so that's fine and then the second question is when you have a power dynamic that's been altered because one partner has something devastating happen and they're trying to manage it, especially it's a bit stereotypical, but I think it's fair to say, especially as the man where you were previously working and now you, you are struggling with that. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you negotiate that? How do you manage that? Do you just work on the pies? Do you go through, how does that work? How do you deal with that to, to grow together answer? instead of mm -hmm. ending? Yeah. Can we ask one question? You, you've mentioned abuse twice. Can you explain what that means? I, I mentioned the what? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Abuse? Twice you've used the word abuse. Oh, Can abuse, you help us abuse. understand what that so means? There's been, yeah, yeah, sure. So there's been a lot of, oh, that's a great question. Sadly, there's been physical uh, um, abuse on both sides. Um, there's been, and that's why we're separated physically, because I decided that that was, that was too much on my side and hers, sadly. Um, and then there's been emotional abuse, meaning I guess just she's kind of put me down and, and just been really harsh and negative and nasty and, and critical um, and, and even contemptuous for years about my inability to provide for her. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So she I, disrespects you. Uh, that's a great question. I would say less so now, but yes, yeah. Yeah, fundamentally, uh, especially when we were in that cycle of abuse. Fortunately, now we've stepped out of it, Dr. Joe. But um, mm -hmm. but and, and we are trying. Like I'm 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 noticing that she there is there is actually a small amount of progress and reconciliation occurring. But it's not. You know, it, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. So when you say a small amount of reconciliation, can you help me understand what that means? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, we're we're talking every day, uh, partly so I can say hi to my daughter. Um, we're and connect with my daughter, which has been really tough being away from her. Um, but we're we're talking every day, and and we still have friendly conversations. So that those friendly conversations has have become better and generally more frequent since I've gone away. So that's what I mean by that. Yes. 
Okay, when you say you've gone away, so you moved to France, and you were together in England, but now you've gone to France. I, I, right? I didn't. I didn't move. We're, we're lucky enough. My family has a house here, so that's that's why I'm here. So I just went wherever I could. I didn't go elsewhere in England. It's it's a long story, but okay. didn't, didn't go down the road. Yep. And if if you wanted to go back home, what would she say? Yes. Uh, we've done that a number of times over the last year. Uh, so this informal separation has kind of been going on for a year. It's been initiated on both sides. She would say, okay, but you know, she'd put a number of conditions on it and that, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, I don't even want to go back home because I I'm nervous about it right now in the sense that I love her and I want to rebuild, but we've had such a toxic dynamic, um, and I do not feel like myself when I'm around her in that house because, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not good. So it's been tough. But, but so is it you, is it you that you don't yeah. trust or is it her that you don't trust as to what uh, would happen actually, if you went back? It's, 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 it's both of us. I find for various reasons I can't really get into here because we don't have time. But I find I physically and even emotionally feel much worse when I'm in the house. I can't determine there may be some environmental factors going on, Dr. Joe, but I think also it's just the dynamic of being around somebody who's angry. Who's, I'm quite a sensitive guy, and I pick part of the reason I left um, wasn't just the abuse. It was that, that was the first thing. And the second thing was because there was a time where I was able to be a lot calmer and kinder and she was just stuck in the state of chronic anger. And I was just finding it was exhausting. So I was like, look, I got to go because I can't deal with this constantly. It's just too tiring. Yeah. If we base, if we, yeah. if we take a basic premise, the basic premise is this, that anger is based on pain. Mm-hmm. Where is her pain? Right. What, what, what leads her to hurt like she? Oh is? God, uh, that's a great that's a great question. Uh, one thing I'm happy about is today we had a conversation about this. She basically, um, and that that's good. I mean, the fact that we can talk about it is good. Um, so she basically said she just has a lot of pain from years of the ways I've behaved and things that have happened. Um, we've had different difficult situations where we, long story, but in England, we have a lot of mold, um, and I have problems with mold and she got very angry because we moved, we moved to a new place. And then in that place we discovered, or I discovered a whole bunch of mold. And I said, look, we got to go. And she just said, all right, that's it. I'm getting divorced. I don't want to leave here. And I was like, you want our daughter or two year old to stay in a place with active mold? Are you crazy? And, but uh, yeah, anyway, it, it was, it was difficult. So there's been a lot that's happened. It sounds like there's a lot that is going on and a lot that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even and the- Vinny, Vinny is helping me. The coach, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but he's he's actually helping me with some of the stuff. So, yeah. Yes, because there's at least two, if not more, different situations that are happening. The first question having to do, well, what if there, you know, what if there has been trauma and abuse, not even from your past, but in the relationship within itself? That's one thing. And then Mm -hmm. the second thing is, then how do you deal with a shift in? You call it power dynamics. I don't know if that's the way I would word it, but you know, the yeah. there's just it's different. The pattern of your life sh- changes because of things, and then even maybe even a third one is how then you have chronic illnesses, chronic stress, and some of that is coming from the marriage. I mean, I'm going to let, of course, Dr. Joe speak to this, but my encouragement would be you've got to make it safe for both of you before either yeah. of you yeah. go back, and then how do you move forward in that? Mm-hmm. And this exactly. Thank overnight. you. It did not get that overnight, so it's mm-hmm. going to take a while to fix. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm hearing, Kimberly, is that uh, she's frustrated. So, mm-hmm. for example, think about this: most wives, if the husband said, "I have an allergic an, an allergic reaction to mold, and there's mold here," mm-hmm. most wives would say, "Let's get to where you're healthy." Now, why would a wife not? Either she's cruel and vicious, which I don't think his wife is, based on his description. I don't think she's cruel and, cruel and vicious. I think it sounds like that she's finally just said. When is anything ever going to work? He said this power down anything you referred to that, you know, that she has put him down because he doesn't make as much money as she as he should in her eyes, mm-hmm. not contributing to the family, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So what we're dealing with here is basically a major, major level of where she, based on what I'm what I'm hearing, 
and just based on what I'm hearing. So it obviously I don't know, right. but based on what I'm hearing is that, that there's a great deal of disrespect from her toward him. Mm-hmm. She does have at least some positive feelings toward him because of the fact that they're actually talking to mm-hmm. each other on a daily basis and it's gotten where they can actually interact and communicate with each other. A major restructuring of this relationship will have to occur. Absolutely. A major restructuring. Mm-hmm. And one would be, okay, we've got to find a place where she would be happy, but I can also be healthy. A lot of compromise. A lot of compromise involved there, and that's a pretty heavy deal. Mm-hmm. If, if indeed that could be found, we're going to find a place where I can be healthy, but she also feels, wow, this is what I want. I like being here. Where she's not thinking, oh, my goodness, here's another problem. Oh, my goodness, here's another problem. Oh, my goodness, there's another problem. Because after a while, that kind of frustration leads to a tremendous amount of pain. And when it leads to a tremendous amount of pain, people get angry. That's what anger comes from. It comes from pain. And then when they get angry, they wind up doing things often that they should not do. And so he said the abuse has been mutual. Each has hurt the other person. I wish that in a program this short, we could give you solutions as how to fix that. We cannot. But uh, because it's just too much going on here, and we'd have to be talking to both of you. And and what we strongly recommend, or at least I, you may be different about this, Kimberly. What I strongly recommend is that they find the kind of counselor who can help them deal not just with the relationship problems, but can help him cope with the physical problems. Because it sounds to me like this is a major portion of this. That's why he can't earn the living he wants to earn. That's why she tends to respect him and. My guess is that to some degree, she's thinking that it's not altogether physical. In other words, we move to a place that you say there's mold and I don't want to leave this place would make me wonder that if in her mind, she's not thinking, maybe you're overreacting to this. Maybe you're, you're, some of these things aren't as real as you think they are. Now, I don't know her. I don't know that, but I can see how that would become part of the anger. Like, mm-hmm. what are we ever going to find? What are we ever going to do this actually fix this for you? Now, understand, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying it's what it sounds like based on what he's saying. I don't know any counselors in England. That's the downside. I mean, they're, they're even going to be different laws and ethics for those counselors. And mm-hmm. so that would be my first hesitation. But another recommendation I would have is make sure it's a good doctor. Because not all doctors are the same and no. some could find, you know, the cause and help. And But again, we don't have enough time to speak with Jesse long enough to know all of these avenues. But speaking in generalities, you know, we are coming from the mindset of not just how do we dive into the past and, and talk about the feelings, but how can we just take what's happened and move forward? And that's it. what we recommend. If you yes. can find at least two helpers there somehow, one is the physician mm-hmm. and the other is the counselor who will not dig into the past. Exactly. Now, just enough to understand. Exactly. Enough to know that they get it. Mm-hmm. But who's going to move forward with it and say, let's not live in the past, but let's develop a new future. And how do we find the compromise here? The compromise for his health, the compromise for what she needs, yes. et cetera. And if you can find those mm-hmm. people, and I wish we had those resources in England, or even France. But unfortunately, <laughs> we do not. And I'm not sure about the international the laws. If we try to connect yeah. you by Skype or, or uh, FaceTime with somebody here that we have confidence in, I'm not sure how the international laws affect that. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Well, the next question that we have comes again from Texas. This is our second or third one today. And Emmanuel, Emmanuel, can you hear us? Yes. How can we help you today? Can you hear me? Yes. It is a little um, loud where you are. Could you speak a little closer um, to the um, microphone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm getting into a... Okay. Uh, Is that better? Yes. Much better. Okay, cool. Um, So, yeah, I've been going through some, you know, like everybody else, just having issues, and um, I've been doing smart contact, and trying just to, I've had, you know, had pushes and all that in the past, really bad, and I was like, kind of had a, uh, uh, but I got better, and I've been, been been following it, and I think I've been getting better, but then the other night, a friend of mine just, like, told her, like, some stuff about, like, that I had, I, I had confided in to this looking for someone to talk to, you know, you know what I mean? Someone, someone to listen to me over the. I mean, you're already there. And uh, he told her. Yes, I'm still here. 
You're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did he tell her? Well, he didn't really tell her. I mean, she knew. She knew. She the one who told me to talk to him. And mm-hmm. it was like, he just told her that, um, you know, that I'm trying and I'm doing every, I'm doing stuff that she's asked me to do and, mm-hmm. and just, just like that. And that he does whatever is like compelling you to, to not, you know, continue. I mean, like, basically it's, it's basically like t- telling her to wake up and, and some, uh. Okay. So it wasn't like it wasn't like he told her your secrets. It's like he basically chastised her that she needed to straighten up and do right because that's what you were trying to do. Is that what you're saying? That's what it sounded like to me. Okay. She and took, she didn't take she it well. So how did she take it out on you? So how did she take it take that out on you? Well, we were. It, it also happened on a night when we kind of met at a uh, a bar, which we haven't actually been out in like a. Mm-hmm. social scene in a while together and that's when he told her when I went to get get a drink and she looked upset when I got there but I thought it was some other situation I didn't know what was going on and a couple of minutes like about 20-30 minutes later she had too much of I guess the emotions and she walked out of the, walked out of the, of the place and then mm-hmm. I was like what's going on what's going on and she was like just leave me alone just leave me alone mm-hmm. and then I was there with her, and then I was like, okay. You know, she was just, that's all she would say. Is just, uh, she okay. Just, he just said so this, how, and then. So how can we help you, Emmanuel? What can we do for you? I'm just wondering, like, did this, is this, like, setting back? Like, it just feels like everything just, like, it wasn't even my fault. And I'm just like, what do I do with my friend? What do I do with her? Like, how do I get through this? Like, do I just, is it just a matter of just keep keep on with the smart contact and mm-hmm. like, yeah. Emmanuel, I would not panic over this Mm-mm. because in the process of, of going through marriage problems, there's ups and there's downs, there's ups and there's downs. And sometimes it just sucks. Okay. And this is a situation where he <laughs> decided he could straighten her out. And unfortunately he wound up pushing her and she didn't like it. Well, like you said, that's not really your fault. Right. Yet, yet she tended to take it out on you, and that actually makes sense because of the fact that, you know, how's she going to react to him so she gets mad at you because she's probably, probably thinking, mm-hmm. well, you put him up to that. I wouldn't panic over this. I really wouldn't. So maybe you go through three or four bad days, okay? That kind of thing happens. But then it's this, it's, you're in for the long haul. As people I like to say, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Right. And I wouldn't let this throw you. I would keep doing all the right things, and I'd be very careful about telling anything to your friend where he feels like he needs to go straighten her out. As a matter of fact, a conversation you might want to have with him is, Hey bud, I appreciate you caring. I appreciate you trying to help, but you actually push it the other way. So the best way you can help me is just not do that anymore. And then keep doing the smart contact and everything else. This does not, I would be shocked if this event turns things completely around a bad time. Yeah. A hiccup. Absolutely. But a long-term problem, my guess is this is not going to be that. No. Yeah, they haven't been that well. Things haven't been that good lately, though. You know, do the right yeah. things and consistently do yeah. them. Right. Consistently do the right things. And if anything works, that will. Remember, there's no magic formula. But if anything works, that will. Yeah. Yeah, he, okay. actually, said, he actually said for me to, that he would pull back if I wanted to. Like, he wouldn't say anything. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Good deal. All right, my friend. Hope things yeah. get better. Just hang in there. Keep doing the right things, bud. Keep doing the right things. It can definitely be hard. Yeah, and understand that life goes like this. It and, does. And, and have we seen it where it just went, wow, perfectly? No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for hope, that wasn't it. <laughs> no, I, I, if it happens, I've never seen it. Well, but it really is hope because that lets everyone know that when you experience those bad days or the downs or the things like this, where you didn't plan for it, but something happened that it's not. And even if you mess up, right. Just don't mess up big time. 
I mean, there are things big enough. You can do things big enough that you can actually throw the whole thing off the rail and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you come home and beat the crap out of each other, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Or or if they get you get caught flagrant delecto with another human being having sex, that's not going to work. So we're not saying they're not situations that can blow it all apart. But we're saying that most of the things we hear are things that cause hiccups. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's going to be a little problem here, but you can get through it if you keep doing the things you need to do. Right. Our next caller is from Iowa. We're going to be talking to Chris. Chris, can you hear us? How can we help you? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. I can. Okay, great. Um, well, I think the briefest way to to uh, summarize the question, my wife and I, over the course of, I mean, we, we've had various issues of stress and strain in our marriage for probably the last 10, 15 years, uh, nothing beyond what is, quote, normal for a lot of couples. But within the last probably five to six years, uh, leading up to five or six years ago, my, my wife's biggest complaint was that spiritually we were not on the same page. And um, mm-hmm. so that changed by the grace of God. And uh, and so I, I came around and, and we got on that same page together, but the personal issues just never really went away. Um, uh, we've been to, uh, since that time, you know, in the last five years, we've been to five or six different marriage counselors. Um, we certainly... Uh, I've certainly learned things along the way of of things that I need to adjust and change and have worked towards those things. But what I found in uh, each of those instances is that we've gone into the counseling and usually about five sessions is the threshold where the attention then really starts to come off of our marriage and the counselor or therapist begins to turn their attention to my wife to say, wow, you know, yeah, there's some marital things to work on here, but it sounds like you are really looking and dealing with life through a very deep well of hurt and unresolved issues that have nothing to do with your husband. And Mm -hmm. until you deal with those, I don't know how we can move forward. And uh, there's been a lot of depression uh, on her uh, side of things as a part of that. Uh, I'm not really much into uh, psychology and therapy, but I've had other people suggest that she's had uh, personality disorder-type traits that therapy would help and that other people have suggested that she uh, would go into. And to this point... Um, she will not pursue that for herself. And, and so when the counselor um, brings that up, when the counselor four or five sessions in says that, is that the end? Is that then the wife leaves that therapy situation? Pretty much. Um, yep, okay. she'll, she'll either reject it on the basis of psychobabble or that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, covering it up with, oh, well, you know, we just can't afford this, um, mm-hmm. you know, different different excuses like that, and then it just mm-hmm. remains unresolved. And so now we're in a point where, you know, we've at least for the last two months been living separated uh, in the same house um, because she is just refused. I mean, like, she, she's living 10 years ago. Um, we are currently in a, a counseling session where I have brought this to the attention of the counselor that um, – that this is the pattern that, that we've been in. Um, so we're, we're really at a stalemate right now because um, I've, I've done what I can to try to talk to her and to be available for her and try to move mm-hmm. past all of these things from 10 years ago, 12 years ago. But uh, even, even trying to plead with her that we, we need to, at least for some sake of semblance of not just dropping 19 years of marriage to have some type of interaction conversationally, emotionally, physically, sexually, and she's at a refusal point to do any of that on the basis that, you know, we just don't emotionally connect. So I guess my question is moving forward, uh, in a case where it's been 
suggested multiple times that she go see somebody for deeper help, deeper therapy for herself, and she will not do that. Um, you know, what types of boundaries are potentially appropriate for me to put in place? I know a year ago she went through a deep enough bout of depression that I finally said, you need to either get help for yourself, like start seeking that, or you need to maybe think about making arrangements to go live with your mother until you can. Uh, and how did she react to that? Did she decide to go see a counselor? She was really angry, and uh, mm -hmm. but she did call, and she made it three or four sessions, and then she quit. And that was just her. You did not go with her. She went on her I own, didn't. right? No, no. The therapist suggested that I come with her, um, and uh, but uh, when when I tried to take her up on on that mm -hmm. offer, it, it never it never yeah. happened. Does your wife ever say that you're controlling and dominating her? That you try to control how she feels, what she thinks, what she does? She doesn't use the word controlling. She she states that she doesn't feel that she has a voice, but it kind mm -hmm. of oscillates back and forth to to that belief either causing her to say absolutely nothing at all, to not engage mm -hmm. in conversations and totally shut everybody out, or totally dominating to the point of like just ignoring and rejecting what anybody else has to say. Okay. So either she acquiesces completely and just shuts down or, or she becomes rebellious. One or the other. Is that what yeah. you just said? Okay. Yeah. And this has been going on for a number of years and yet she does not want to go see a counselor or therapist on her own. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, if you say, okay, what kind of boundaries would I set? Actually, what we would talk about in a situation like this is a thing we call a core, C-O-R-E. And that's a continuing our relationship essential. That's what it stands for, stands for. And basically what that means is there's something I'm requiring of you if we continue. Now, when you said to her, either you go see the therapist or go live with your mom, you basically set up a core. It's like, if you're going to continue in a relationship with me, this is what's essential. Have you ever thought about going to see a counselor on your own and helping um, and talking to him or her about this to see if that counselor could assess any behaviors or things that you're doing that might be exacerbating her situation? I, I currently have several people in my life uh, that I do that with. Um, so in, is, in, a, in a professional counselor or are these just friends? Well, they're friends that, that work in profession. I, I'm a pastor, and I am, mm -hmm. you know, in a network of people uh, within these mm -hmm. realms that, that I work mm -hmm. with. And, but um, you do understand, if they're your friends, then they, counselors cannot actually do counseling with people that they have connections with because of the fact, it's like everybody else on the planet, we all are biased to some degree. Every human being is. And that's why, sure. you know, medical doctors don't do operations on their, on their moms. It's a matter of we we need to be you know arms length so we can be more. So have you tried a counselor that you didn't know? Um, I, I have not yet, but I I do have friends that tell me things that make me cry. <laughs> they well, they love me enough to hurt me. I'm not trying to make you cry, my friend. That's not my goal. Well, I, Unfortunately, we're running out of time here. If you want to set that core, you obviously have the right to do it, and it would be you either need to see this person or this is going to be the negative consequence that occurs. If you set a core, and again, I'm going to refer you to something I referred people to earlier. If you go to marriagehelper.com and look for this podcast called The Definitive Guide to Boundaries, I explained it in a lot more detail there. But, but if you're going to do that, you've got to be ready to make some consequences that are good. Like if you do that, here's the good things that are going to occur. And also, unfortunately, consequences that are negative, at least in terms of her. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm so sorry that we don't have a better answer than that. I'm so sorry we're out of time. But um, I hope and pray that she goes to see the person that she needs. Just be very careful, my friend. Very, very careful about taking advice from mm -hmm. your friends who are making some kind of diagnosis about her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Joe, I know we're cutting close on time. Can we do one more caller? Hey, you're the boss. I work for you. We're going to go all the way to Romania. We just had to because it's so exciting. And I believe it's Amuela. No. Did I totally butcher that? Uh, in Amuela, yeah. Oh, say that one more time. That's so pretty. Say it again. Um, actually, Ella. Ella. Ella? 
the show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful. Um, well, how can we help you today? Okay. Uh, the first thing I want to say is I don't know actually speak very well English, but I understand all. <laughs> and if you don't understand me, please say. Um, okay. My husband uh, had an affair uh, for five months. Um, I actually uh, saw uh, some inappropriate message and uh, I warned him and I speak uh, with an um, the girl with um, his uh, speak and um, uh, speak with both of them and uh, just uh, told them that uh, it's not it's not okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But they said that um, my husband is uh, working in the ministry. is a chaplain for youth ministry, and um, he said just mm, uh, she uh, need uh, to speak with someone because. Uh, um, she um, uh, suffered because her boyfriend left her, and uh, um, he actually uh, is just a, a brother for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know. I, I just let the things happen, and uh, they become more and more. Uh, um, uh, inappropriate, uh, not mm-hmm. physical, just emotional, just hold mm-hmm. hands and something like that. Um, but um, when I uh, saw that uh, he uh, meet her and uh, spend uh, more time with her, I just uh, um, watch your videos and uh, uh, purchase the course, my marriage course, and. Um, work on my pies and smart contact and uh, he uh, was okay with that he actually loved that I speak with uh, him but um, continued with her and uh, I put some boundaries I don't know if I put well um, I told him it's not correct for church uh, that he continued like that and I want uh, him to told the church uh, or if uh, he don't uh, break contact with her, I, I told me. Um, but uh, he just uh, react more uh, uh, intensively and uh, angry. And uh, So are you saying that he, you told him that if he didn't tell the church, you would? And he got angry yeah. when you said that, and so you did not do it? Um, uh, he got angry, uh, but mm-hmm. he tried to uh, break contact. But uh, after I um, found that uh, uh, he actually uh, speak with her again, mm. and um, he did you her, tell the church? Uh, no, but uh, he told some. Oh, he's both or something like that, um, but not uh, the um, not the person who I want to told um, mm-hmm. because that um, yeah. But now um, he just said uh, for two months uh, um, that he want to work on my our marriage, but. Uh, but he needs more time to think what what uh, to do because mm-hmm. he's not happy. He he actually wants more freedom, not the responsibility of child. Mm-hmm. We have a three-year-old boy, and uh, uh, now um, he, his parents found out, and uh, they come out more uh, angry, and uh, they told him. Uh, he needs to uh, to choose or family or her uh, and uh, he is in the same place he wants more time and I don't know I, I purchased uh, the reconciliation toolkit and I don't know if he really wants because he he is not willing to do anything 
just the small, small, small uh, steps. And uh, he said, mm-hmm. uh, I try, I try, I want, but yeah. And I, I saw that he suffers and he don't know what to choose. Sure. He's afraid. He, sure. he remains, yeah. But you and can't keep I living like know. this either. Uh, My heart breaks for you. The relationship that he's in, he should Mm -hmm. not be in because of the fact that it's damaging his marriage, it's damaging you. And he Mm -hmm. he actually knows it's wrong or you wouldn't be having these conversations that you're having. Mm -hmm. When you say, "Okay, I'm thinking about telling the church, you obviously could. There's a particular person at church you want to tell you could. But we always ask, "Okay, what do you expect to accomplish with that? If you go talk to that person, does that mean that he'll instantly stop all contact with the other woman and work on his marriage? Maybe, maybe not. Does it mean that the church will then somehow discipline him? That's a possibility as well. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to go talk to that person, which is your right, if you choose to, you need to be asking yourself the question, what do I really expect to accomplish by this? It's not highly likely that going to the church, well, I take that back. I don't know your church. I don't know those people. But at least consider the possibility that if you talk to that person at the church, things might actually get worse than better. But but my heart breaks for you. And, and we have seen this with so many people, particularly in church work where it starts off where they really are like, I'm, I'm your helper. I, I want to do what I can for you. Like when he said he's her brother. It often starts that way. It really does. But then it goes further and further and further and crosses more boundaries. And and what's going to happen, what's probably going to happen, I'm not God. I do not know everything. But what's probably going to happen is if he continues in this relationship with her, it's going to become more intense. And so whoever it was, Kimberly, I didn't understand who it was that said to him, choose. His parents. His parents Mm -hmm. were definitely right. Mm -hmm. He is going to have to choose. And so if you want to set some borders here, some stops, as we call them, and this is the third time in this program I refer Mm -hmm. to this, if you go to marriagehelper.com and look for the Definitive Guide to Boundaries. The Definitive Guide to Boundaries. I spent about an hour and 15 minutes there explaining how to set boundaries, and, and now we call those stops. And so we call them stops. This is a safeguard that offers protection. In mm-hmm. other words, this has to stop. We also have a thing called CORE, C-O-R-E, Continuing of Relationship Essentials, which basically says if, if you don't stop this, that's what a stop is, this is a negative consequence that's going to occur. Mm-hmm. If you will do this CORE, this continuing relationship essential. If you will do this, then this is something good that can come from it. I hate that you're in that situation. My guess is this is a very good man that's got himself in a situation that he never realized was going to turn out as it's turning out. But if he stays in it, Mm -hmm. it's going to destroy him, destroy you and destroy the other woman. Mm -hmm. That's right. But going through the course like she has been and doing those types of things will help with this. Well, Joe, as we end, I want to share a story of a couple that came to our workshop a week and a half ago, or a week ago last weekend. (laughs) A week ago yesterday. They were recently in our workshop. (laughs) That's exactly it. And I can't share what they sent us because there's pictures and it's wonderful and it's beautiful, but it was one of those situations where the husband was the one wanting to make it work. The wife wanted out of the marriage, had already filed for divorce. She was just coming to appease her husband. And he took a picture on their flight here and he's kind of smiling. You can tell he's a little nervous, but, and she is rolling her eyes. sitting next to him. This is the picture on the plane to the workshop. It's not unusual. As a matter of fact, the the majority of the couples that come to our workshop, one spouse does not want to be there. They came to get a a deal or Mm -hmm. something. That's right. She did not want to be there. But he sent an email last week to his client relations representative, and he said, do you think the workshop worked for us? He included that first picture, Mm -hmm. and then he said, but this was the picture on the way back. And it was the following Monday morning on their way back to their home state. There were two pictures. The first one was her with both of them making a goofy face and laughing together. And the second one was her with her head on his shoulder and they were both smiling and it was beautiful, but it doesn't end there. The following that a couple of days after he sent that to our team, he posted in the save my marriage secret group, Facebook page, a picture of their divorce dissolution paperwork. Wow. Amazing. 
amazing. We are so happy. So the divorce is off the table. It's, it's dissolved table. legally. It's dissolved. She, they went into it. She didn't want to be there. Divorce has been dissolved. Amazing. We love for that to happen. I love for that to happen. We shared that with our entire team because to us, that is the win. That is the win. And this weekend, starting Friday, we have another workshop that begins. And if you're anywhere in the Middle Tennessee area on Saturday, which is the 7th, yeah. if you're anywhere in Middle Tennessee, I'm going to be doing the Love, Sex, and Marriage workshop. Actually, it's a seminar, not a workshop. I'm not going to be doing the, the Friday Night Saturday version. I'm just doing the Saturday version of it mm-hmm. at Will Spring Christian Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So if you're anywhere close by... And that's a lot of fun in that workshop. We deal with some pretty serious things, but we use a whole lot of humor. And we are going to do a special section just on sex. And uh, that'll be in the afternoon, that in the afternoon. So if you want to know more, contact Wellspring Christian Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I think they're charging like $25 a couple or something. And so right. contact them and make your plans to be there. And if so, I'd love to meet you this coming Saturday, March 7th, at the Wellspring Christian Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee, doing... I love sex and marriage seminar. That's wonderful. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube so that you will get our content whenever it comes out. And we're releasing more and more things every single week. So don't just go to YouTube and watch. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so that you'll be notified when you get, when we release new things. It's things that we know that you care about. So please, please do that. Anything you want to add, Joe? (laughs) Hopefully we'll see you next Monday, and hopefully without a glitch. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would. It would be great. Have a great week, you guys.